The BFG by Roald Dahl. Chapter 6. The Giants. But if you are so nice and friendly, Sophie said, then why did you snatch me from my bed and run away with me? Because you saw me, the friendly giant answered. If anyone has ever seen a giant, he or she must be taken away hip switch. Why? asked Sophie. Well, first of all, said the BFG, human beings is not really believing in giants, is they? Human beings is not thinking we exist. I do, Sophie said. Ah, but that is only because you have seen me, cried the BFG. I cannot possibly allow anyone, even little girls, to be seeing me and staying home. The first thing you would be doing, you would be scuttling around, yodeling the news that you would actually see in a giant, and then a great giant hunt, a mighty giant look-see, will be starting up all over the world with the human beings all rummaging for the great giant you saw and getting wildly excited. People will be coming rushing and brushing after me with goodness knows what, and they'd be catching me and locking me into a cage to be stared at. They'd be putting me into the zoo or the bumpkin house with all those squiggling hippodumplings and crocodilies. Sophie knew what the giant said was true. If any person reported having actually seen a giant haunting the streets of a town at night, there would most certainly be a terrific hullabaloo across the world. I will bet you, the BFG went on, that you would have been splashing the news all over the wonky world, wouldn't you, if I hadn't wiggled you away? I suppose I would, Sophie said, and that would never do, said the BFG. So what will happen to me now, Sophie asked. If you go back, you'll be telling the world, said the BFG, most likely on the telly-telly bumpkin box and the radio squeaker. So you will have to just be staying here with me for the rest of your life. Oh, no, cried Sophie. Oh, yes, said the BFG. But I'm warning you not to go ever whiffling about out of this cave without I is with you or you will be coming to a ucky mucky end. I is showing you now who is going to eat you up if they is ever catching even one tiny little glimpse of you. The big friendly giant picked Sophie up off the table and carried her to the cave entrance. He rolled the huge stone to one side and said, Peep out over there, little girl, and tell me what you is seeing. Sophie, sitting on the BFG's hand, peeped out of the cave. The sun was up now and shining fiery hot over the great yellow wasteland with its blue rocks and dead trees. Is you seeing them? the BFG asked. Sophie, squinting through the glare of the sun, saw several tremendous tall figures moving among the rocks from about 500 yards away. Three or four others were sitting quite motionless on the rocks themselves. This is giant country, the BFG said. Those is all giants, every one. It was a brain-boggling sight. The giants were all naked, except for a sort of short skirt around their waists, and their skin were burnt brown by the sun. But it was the sheer size of each one that simply boggled Sophie's brain most of all. They were colossal, far taller and whiter than the big friendly giant upon whose hand she was now sitting. And oh, how ugly they were. Many of them had large bellies. All of them had long arms and big feet. They were too far away for their faces to be seen clearly. And perhaps that was a good thing. What on earth are they doing? Sophie asked. Nothing, said the BFG. They is just mooching around, foochling around and waiting for the night to come. Then they will all be galloping off to places where people's living to find their suppers. You mean to Turkey? Sophie said. 
Bone Crunching Giant will be galloping to Turkey, of course, said the BFG, but the others will be whiffling off to all sorts of flung away places like Wellington for the booty flavor and Panama for the hatty taste. Every giant is having his own favorite hunting ground. Do they ever go to England? Sophie asked. Often, said the BFG. They said English is tasting ever so wonderfully of crod scallop. I'm not sure I know what that means, Sophie said. Meanings is not important, said the BFG. I cannot be right all the time. Often I is left instead of right. Are all those beastly giants over there really going off again tonight to eat people? Sophie asked. All of them is guzzling human beings every night, the BFG answered. All of them excepting me. That is why you will be coming to an ucky-mucky end if any of them should ever be getting his gogglers upon you. You would be swallowed up like a piece of frumpkin pie all in one dollop. But eating people is horrible, Sophie cried. It's frightful. Why doesn't someone stop them? And who, please, is going to be stopping them? asked the BFG. Couldn't you? said Sophie. Never in a pig's whistle, cried the BFG. All of those man-eating giants is enormous and very fierce. They is all at least two times my wideness and double my royal highness. Twice as high as you, cried Sophie. Easily that, said the BFG. You is seeing them in the distance, but just wait till you get them up close. Those giants are all at least fifty feet tall with huge muscles and cockles alive alive -o. I is the titchy one. I is the runt. Twenty-four feet is puddle nuts in giant country. You mustn't feel very bad about it, Sophie said. I think you are just great. Why, even your toes must be as big as sausages. Bigger, said the BFG, looking pleased. They is as big as bumple hammers. How many giants are out there? Sophie asked. Nine altogether answered the BFG. That means, said Sophie, that somewhere in the world every single night nine wretched people will get carried away and eaten alive. More, said the BFG. It is all depending, you see, on how big the human beans is. Japanese beans is very small, so a giant will need to gobble up about six Japanese before he's feeling full up. Others, like Norway people and the Yankee Doodles, is ever so much bigger, and usually two or three of those makes a good tuck-in. But do these disgusting giants go to every single country in the world? Sophie asked. All countries, excepting Greece, is getting visited sometime or another, the BFG answered. The country which a giant visits is depending upon how he's feeling. If it is very warm weather and a giant is feeling as hot as a sizzle pan, he'll probably go galloping far up to the Frisbee North to get himself an Eskimo or two to cool him down. A nice fat Eskimo to a giant is like a lovely ice cream lolly to you. I'll take your word for it, Sophie said. And then again, if it's a frosty night and the giant is fridging with cold, he'll probably point his nose toward the sweltering hotlands to guzzle a few hottentots to warm him up. How perfectly horrible, Sophie said. Nothing hots a cold giant up like a hot hottentot, the BFG said. And if you were to put me down on the ground and I was to walk out among them now, Sophie said, would they really eat me up? Like a whiff swiddle cried the BFG. And what is more, you is so small they wouldn't even have to chew you. The first one to be seeing you would pick you up in his fingers and down you like a drop of drain water. Let's go back inside, Sophie said. I hate even watching them. Chapter 7. The Marvelous Ears. Back in the cave, the big friendly giant sat Sophie down once again on the enormous table. Is you quite snuggly there in your nightie? 
he asked. You isn't friggy cold? I'm fine, Sophie said. I can't help thinking, said the BFG, about your poor mother and father. They must be jipping and scumping all over the house shouting, Hello, hello, where is Sophie gone? I don't have a mother and father, Sophie said. They both died when I was a baby. Oh, you poor little scrumplet, cried the BFG. Is you not missing them very badly? Not really, Sophie said, because I never knew them. You is making me so sad, the BFG said, rubbing his eyes. Don't be sad, Sophie said. No one is going to be worrying too much about me. That place you took me from was the village orphanage. We are all orphans in there. You is an orphan? Yes. How many is there in there? Ten of us, Sophie said, all little girls. Was you happy there? The BFG asked. I hated it, Sophie said. The woman who ran it was called Mrs. Clonkers, and if she caught you breaking any of the rules, like getting out of bed at night or not folding your clothes, you got punished. How was you getting punished? She locked us in the dark cellar for a day and night without anything to eat or drink. That rotten old rot swapper, cried the BFG. It was horrid, Sophie said. We used to dread it. There were rats down there. We could hear them creeping about. The filthy old fizz wiggler, shouted the BFG. That is the horridest thing I is hearing for years. You is making me sadder than ever. All at once, a huge tear that would have filled a bucket rolled down one of the BFG's cheeks and fell with a splash on the floor. It made quite a puddle. Sophie watched with astonishment. What a strange and moody creature this is, she thought. One moment he is telling me my head is full of squash flies, and the next moment his heart is melting for me because Mrs. Clonkers locks us in the cellar. The thing that worries me, Sophie said, is having to stay in this dreadful place for the rest of my life. The orphanage was pretty awful, but I wouldn't have been there forever, would I? All is my fault, the BFG said. I is the one who kidsnatched you. Yet another enormous tear welled from his eye and splashed onto the floor. Now, I come to think of it, I won't actually be here all that long, Sophie said. I is afraid you will, the BFG said. No, I won't, Sophie said. Those brutes out there are bound to catch me sooner or later and have me for tea. I is never letting that happen, said the BFG. For a few moments, the cave was silent. Then Sophie said, May I ask you a question? The BFG wiped his tears from his eyes with the back of his hand and gave Sophie a long, thoughtful stare. Shoot away, he said. Would you please tell me what you were doing in our village last night? Why you were poking that long trumpet thing into the Gucci children's bedroom and then blowing through it? Aha, cried the BFG, sitting up suddenly in his chair. Now he is getting nosier than a parker. And the suitcase you were carrying, Sophie said, what on earth was that all about? The BFG stared suspiciously at the small girl sitting cross-legged on the table. You was asking me to tell you whoopsie big secrets, he said, secrets that nobody is ever hearing before. I won't tell a soul, Sophie said, I swear it. How could I tell anyone anyhow? I'm stuck here for the rest of my life. You could be telling the other giants. No, I couldn't, Sophie said. You told me they would eat me up the moment they saw me. And so they would, said the BFG. You as a human being, and human beings is like straw buncles and creams to those giants. If they are going to eat me the moment they see me, then I won't have time to tell them anything, would I, Sophie said. You wouldn't, said the BFG. Then why, don't, why did you say I might? Because I is brimful of buzzle burgers, said the BFG. If you listen to everything I'm saying, you'll be getting an earache. Please tell me what you are doing in the, our village, Sophie said. I promise you can trust me. Would you teach me how to make an elephant? The BFG asked. 
What do you mean? Sophie said. I would dearly love to have an elephant to ride on, the BFG said dreamily. I would love so much to have a big, jumbly elephant and go riding through green forests, picking peachy fruits off the trees all day long. This is a sizzling, hot, muck-frumping country we is living in. Nothing grows in it except snozcumbers. I would love to go somewhere else and pick peachy fruits in the early morning from the back of an elephant. Sophie was quite moved by this curious statement. Perhaps one day we will get you an elephant, she said, and peachy fruits as well. Now tell me what you are doing in our village. If you is really wanting to know what I'm doing in your village, the BFG said, I is blowing a dream into the bedroom of those children. Blowing a dream, Sophie said, what do you mean? I is a dream-blowing giant, the BFG said, when all the other giants is galloping off every what way and which to squallop human beings, I is scuttling away to other places to blow dreams into the bedrooms of sleeping children. Nice dreams, lovely golden dreams, dreams that has given the dreamers a happy time. Now hang on a minute, Sophie said, where do you get these dreams? I collect them, the BFG said, waving an arm towards all the rows and rows of bottles on the shelves. I has billions of them. Can't collect a dream, Sophie said. A dream isn't something you can catch a hold of. You is never going to understand about it, the BFG said. That is why I is not wishing to tell you. Oh, please tell me, Sophie said. I will understand. Go on. Tell me how you collect dreams. Tell me everything. The BFG settled himself comfortably in his chair and crossed his legs. Dreams, he said, is very mysterious things. They is floating around in the air like little wispy misty bubbles, and all the time they is searching for sleeping people. Can you see them? Sophie asked. Never at first. Then how do you catch them if you can't see them? Sophie asked. Aha, said the BFG. Now we is getting on to the dark and dusky secrets. I won't tell a soul. I is trusting you, the BFG said. He closed his eyes and sat quiet for a moment while Sophie waited. A dream, he said, as it goes whiffling through the night air, is making a tiny little buzzing humming noise. But this little buzzy hum is so silvery soft it is impossible for a human being to be hearing it. Can you hear it? Sophie asked. The BFG pointed at his enormous truck wheel ears, which he now began to move in and out. He performed this exercise proudly, with a little proud smile on his face. Is you seeing these? he asked. How could I miss them? Sophie said. They may be as looking a bit preposterous to you, the BFG said, but you must believe me when I say they is extra useful ears indeed. They is not to be coughed at. I'm quite sure they're not, Sophie said. They is allowing me to hear absolutely every single twiddly little thing. You mean you can hear things I can't hear, hear Sophie said. You is as deaf as a dumpling compared to me, cried the BFG. You is hearing only thumping loud noises with those little earwigs of yours. But I am hearing all the secret whisperings of the world. Such as what? Sophie asked. In your country, he said, I is hearing the footsteps of a ladybird as she goes walking across a leaf. Honestly? Sophie said, beginning to be impressed. What's more, I is hearing those footsteps very loud. The BFG said, when a ladybird goes walking across a leaf, I is hearing her feet go clumpity, clumpity, clump, like giant footsteps. Good gracious me, Sophie said. What else can you hear? I is hearing the little ants chittering to each other as they scuttle around in the soil. You mean you can hear ants talking? Every single word, 
the BFG said, although I was not exactly understanding their language. Go on, Sophie said. Sometimes on a very clear night, the BFG said, and if I swiggle in my ears in the right direction, and here he swiveled his ears, his giant ears upwards, so they were facing the ceiling, and if I is swiggling them like this, and the night is very clear, I is sometimes hear in faraway music coming from the stars in the sky. A little shiver passed through Sophie's body. She sat very quiet, waiting for more. My ears is what told me you was watching me out of your window last night, the BFG said. But I didn't make a sound, Sophie said. I was hearing your heart beating across the road, the BFG said, loud as a drum. Go on, Sophie said, please. I can hear plants and trees. Do they talk? Sophie asked. They is not exactly talking, the BFG said, but they is making noises. For instance, if I come along and I is picking a lovely flower, if I is twisting the stem of the flower till it breaks, the plant is screaming. I can hear it screaming and screaming very clear. You don't mean it, Sophie cried. How awful. It is screaming just like you would be screaming if someone was twisting your arm right off. Is that really true? Sophie asked. You think I is swizz figgling you? It is rather hard to believe. Then I stopping right here, the BFG said sharply. I is not wishing to be called a fibster. Oh, no, I'm not calling you anything, Sophie cried. I believe you. I really do. Please go on. The BFG gave her a long, hard stare. Sophie looked right back at him. Her face opened to his. I believe you, she said softly. She had offended him. She could see that. I would never be fibbling to you, he said. I know you wouldn't, Sophie said. But you must understand that it isn't easy to believe such amazing things straight away. I understand, the BFG said. So do please forgive me and go on, she said. He waited a little while longer, and then he said, It is the same with trees as it is with flowers. If I is chopping an axe into the trunk of a tree, I is hearing a terrible sound come from inside the tree, the heart of the tree. What sort of sound? Sophie asked. A soft moaning sound, the BFG said. It is like the sound an old man is making when he is dying very slowly. He paused. The cave was very silent. Trees is living and growing just like you and me, he said. They is alive. So is plants. He was sitting very straight in his chair now, his hands clasped tightly together in front of him. His face was bright, his eyes round and bright as two stars. Such wonderful and terrible sounds I is hearing, he said. Some of them would make you never wish to be hearing yourself, but some is like glorious music. He seemed almost to be transfigured by the excitement of his thoughts. His face was beautiful in the blaze of emotions. Tell me some more about them, Sophie said quietly. You just ought to be hearing the little micees talk, he said. Little micees is always talking to each other, and I is hearing them as loud as my own voice. What do they say? Sophie asked. Only the micees know that, he said. Spiders is also talking a great deal. You might not be thinking it, but spiders is the most treacherous natterboxes. And when they is spinning their webs, they is singing all the time. They is singing sweeter than a nightingale. Who else do you hear? One of the biggest chat bags is the caterpillars, said the BFG. What do they say? They is arguing all the time about who's going to come to be the prettiest buttery fly. That is all they is ever talking about. Is there a dream floating around in here right now? Sophie asked. The BFG moved his giant ears this way and that, listening intently. He shook his head. There's no dream in here, except in the bottles. I have a special place I go for catching dreams. They is not often coming to giant country. How do you catch them? 
Same way you was catching buttery flies, the BFG answered, with a net. He stood up and crossed over to the cor a corner of the cave where a pole was leaning against the wall. The pole was about 30 feet long and there was a net at the end of it. Here is the dream catcher, he said, grasping the pole in one hand. Every morning I was going out and snitching new dreams to put in my bottles. Suddenly he seemed to lose interest in the conversation. I is getting hungry, he said. It is time for eats.